Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. I am so excited to be here with you tonight. You guys are uh, blowing my mind here. Uh, the worship, the, the worship is amazing in this house. And I just want to commend all of the worshipers, um, not just the ones that are on stage either. Amen. We're all worshipers, right? But I just feel such a spirit of excellence in this place. And I'm just, my mind is blown watching you guys worship in the front. I mean, it just, it really has blessed me and it's inspired me to go back home and, and tell all my people, get up in the front. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I am so blessed to be here. Pastor Letty is so gracious, and uh, I love her. I, I've been watching her for some time now and, and kind of just learning from her just the way she commands the Holy Spirit, the way that she talks, the way that she behaves and interacts with people. And you are one classy lady, Pastor Letty. Amen. You really are. And um, it was so funny, um, the, it was the first time that Pastor Omar and Pastor Letty had come to stay the last time, or back in December, and um, I didn't know that Pastor Letty was, you know, she didn't eat red meat. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell him it wasn't her fault. <laughs> and um, so what did I make the first night? A bunch of tacos with ground beef, right? And all the ministers came, and I was so excited to present it, you know, and she didn't say a word. And then the next morning we had our conference and we served enchilada casserole with ground beef. And I noticed she didn't eat. She's like, I'm just going to go back to the house and make a grilled cheese sandwich. I was like, oh, okay, you know. So this went on, this went on. And finally she tells me that she doesn't eat red beef. I just wanted to crawl under the table, you know. I was like, what in the world was I thinking? So we were, we were um, teasing the other day and I was like, next time you come, I promise you, I will make something other than ground beef. Amen. <laughs> I do know how to cook. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, so honored to be here tonight. I love the presence of the Lord. Amen. I love to be with the people of God in the presence of the Lord. Where else is there to be, right? It is the place that I love to be. And something happens in the presence of God that is undeniable and it's unexplainable. My husband and I pastor in Madera, California. We've had many different counseling sessions, times of ministry and deliverance with people. And we always tell them the best place that you can be is in the presence of God. There's something that takes place there. It's like surgery and you don't even know it. Can I get a witness tonight? I mean, you could hear a billion sermons and sermons are needed, but something happens in the presence of God that doesn't happen anywhere else. So when you come into his presence, you're in the right place. Amen. You've come to the right place, baby. Amen. So when we begin to lift up the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name, the Bible tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people, right? And it even says in another version that he's enthroned in those praises. And I did a study a long time ago about it, and it, it basically means that when we begin to come out of our circumstance, push past our feelings, push past our disappointments, push past the fact that we're mad at our husbands, amen, or mad at our kids, when we push past that stuff and we begin to de declare the praise of God, that he comes in with his throne, and he's like, all right, here I come. And he sits up his throne, sets up his throne in that place, and he becomes the authority in that atmosphere. Hallelujah. 
And the problem is, is too many times we want to talk the problem and not talk about Jesus. Amen? That's not going to create a victorious atmosphere for our lives. And so he comes and he says, I want to shift you. I want to take you out of a place of hopelessness and I want to put you in my presence because in his presence, the Bible tells us there's fullness of joy, right? It's where he is. We're complete in his presence. And that's why the enemy wants to keep you caught up in the disappointments of life because he'll stop you from giving praise to the Lord. When you only focus on what's happening around you, your problems, your circumstances, there's no authority in your life. There's only hopelessness, but when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, everything changes. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, nothing changes when nothing changes. I know it's deep. That's what I said. Nothing changes when nothing changes. A few months back, the Lord began to speak to my husband the word shift. Shift. S-H-I-F-T. Shift. And then he began to deal with me too about a shift that he wanted to do in our own personal lives. And that began to flow out upon our people, upon the church. And we ended up doing our annual conference and the theme was the shift. And it was an incredible time in the Lord. And he's continuing to move through that word. And he's been doing some shifting, some changing, some movement in my life. Amen. So a shift is a move, a movement, a change from one place to another. How many know that nothing changes when nothing changes? See, some of us have been stuck in a place too long. Stuck in a rut, stuck in a cycle, stuck in a, stuck in a behavior, amen? Stuck in a pattern, and, and the Lord wants to shift us. The Bible tells us that he wants to take us from glory to glory, right? So as women of God, we are not designed to stay in the same place forever. Amen. He wants to take you somewhere. Our lives should gain influence with those around us. Our salvation should be contagious. Our knowledge should grow. Our gifts, the spiritual gifts within us should mature. Our ability to, to witness, amen. Our behaviors should change by the transforming work of God. This is all the shift that he does in us as women of God. So we should continually experience a shift in our lives. Anybody need a shift tonight? Need a change, amen. So I'm going to get a little scientific on you for just a moment, but I'm going somewhere. This is my setup, all right? It's my setup. Just hold on. So an ocean current is a continuous directed movement of seawater. And a current is generated by a number of forces that act on the water. You've got what's called the Coriolis effect, which is the Earth's rotation. It deflects wind from the northern and the southern hemisphere and causes the current to flow a certain direction. You also have uh, breaking waves that affect this current. You have two separate waters when they mix. It changes the routine of it. Temperature, how much salt is in the water, and you have the wind. All of these things impact the currents. And like these ocean currents, uh, there is a flow in our culture, isn't there? So the water's moving in a continuous direction, all as a result of all of these things. But check this out. A couple of years ago, oceanographers made a surprising discovery. They discovered that the ocean currents have been speeding up by 15% per decade. 
So many scientists have concluded that faster ocean winds are the driving factor in the speed up. The winds are causing an acceleration of currents. And like these ocean winds, there is a current in our culture. Our culture is moving in a direction. It's flowing in a direction, isn't it? We sense it in the natural. We, we know it in the spiritual. We can look with our spiritual eyes and we see we are in the end times. We are seeing a change like never before. And, and our, our culture is flowing in a direction. We've heard it said by many lately, believers, non-believers, our world has changed. Things are different. They're, they're things that, are, that we're seeing we've never seen before. We had a conversation with our insurance guy the other day. We've worked with him for over 20 years. He's a wonderful man. He's not a practicing believer, but he believes in God. And so we've had talks over the years about God, about the state of the world, just things that we see. And he came to our office the other day, and he's a passionate man. And we began to talk about the things that we're seeing in our culture. And he began to cry. And when I mean, when I say cry, I mean he wept in our office and he said these words. He said, I feel like I am screaming in the darkness and no one is listening. World has changed. And like the waters of that ocean current that I'm talking about, the flow of our culture in the last decade seems to have accelerated. See, when I was growing up in the Lord, when I was growing up in the church, when someone was living in sin, they would basically just say, I'm living in sin right now, but I'm not ready to get it right. Do you remember a day like that? That's how it used to be. They would acknowledge the gospel as the truth. They knew what the truth of the gospel was, but they just weren't get ready to get it right. Yeah, I'm living in sin, they would say. But now we live in a day that if someone is in sin, there is no longer an acknowledgement of it, but rather there is a demand that uh, is set forth that says if you don't accept tolerate or even agree with my way of life, then you are a terrorist. Things are speeding up, aren't they? It's quite an acceleration. The big talk in the church used to be how we allowed prayer to be taken out of the schools. Remember that? Quite an acceleration, though, because now we have a, a fight, a demonic fight in our schools where we have drag queens wanting to educate our children about homosexuality. Quite an acceleration in the current. We live in a day that if you're only looking at the natural, all you're going to see is the enemy at work. If you're lo only looking at the, the surface, all you're going to see is the giants that we're facing. All you're going to see is the evil, the, the stuff that we're, you know, dealing with the mentality of selfishness, the lack of workers, uh, traditional marriage is no longer a thing. We can go on and on and on tonight. And it, and it can get to a point where we kind of scream like this, this insurance broker I'm talking about. I feel like I'm screaming in the darkness and no one is listening. But here's the thing. Just as there is an acceleration of the currents due to stronger winds in the natural taking place, I'm here to tell you that the same God that moved upon the waters at the beginning of time, when the earth was void and without form, the Bible tells us that he hovered and that he brooded upon the waters and he moved upon the waters. And, and that same God is here moving in the earth today. Hallelujah. We are not hopeless. 
Amen. Revival is here. Amen. He's doing something in the earth today. So I say all that because I want you to know, Christian, that it's not the time to shrink back. This is not the time to entertain a walk of compromise. Amen. It's not the time to waver because the winds of the spirit are picking up. Amen. We're going to see an acceleration of the wind of God in the earth today. Joel 2.28 says this. It says he will pour out his spirit on our sons and daughters and we will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions and also on my men servants and my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Not one of us is left out of this movement. And it says I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. But it's sometimes humorous to hear the conversations of what some Christians believe these days. So many strange doctrines floating around, right? Opinions. But in the climate and in the time and the dispensation that we live, the bottom line is this. Do you believe the word of God? Do you believe the word of God? Do you live by the word of God? Is it the final say in your life? Is your faith based on the truth of the gospel or is it something that's been created and cultivated or influenced by outside forces and it's caught you in a current of culture? Have you gotten swept up? It's important that we continually examine our hearts. This evening, I believe the word of God. At times, I may not understand it all. Amen. I, don't, I can't tell you all of the end time prophecies, how they're all going to play out. We, sometimes we don't understand every detail. Sometimes when I read the word, I have a hard time with how many wives Solomon had. We, you know, you, you just don't get it all, all the time, right? But nevertheless, I believe the word of God. I don't understand it all, but I believe it. It's my manual for life. It's the thing that everything in my life is filtered through. So I can't twist it to accommodate my sin. Amen. I can't soften it up to protect feelings. And I won't stop speaking it and declaring it. What does the scripture say? I am not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. It's the power of God unto salvation. You know, it's almost impossible to swim against the current when you're in it. When you're in it, it's almost impossible to swim against it. The first time we went to Hawaii, my husband had never swam in the ocean. So we're there and he had it in his heart. He wanted to swim in the ocean. So he was going to go get a boogie board and go out there. And like a good wife, I was like, all right, I'll see you later. Got me a book and I sat on the beach and I was just watching and, you know, making sure every few minutes that he was still above water. And he's my beautiful, or I should say my handsome redhead, you know, so I could easily pick him out. And I kept looking, you know, watching his, oh, oh there he is. Okay. He's still, he's still above. And then I, I looked down, read for a little bit and looked back up and I could not find him anywhere. And it was this fear this came over me and I'm looking everywhere for him. And he tells the story of it too, where he got caught in a current that took him so far directionally away from where he began and he didn't even realize it. And he had a panic moment. 
He couldn't get a hold of himself. And so anxiety tried to take over and he really, really had to pray and go against that strong and persistent flow in order to escape death. It's almost impossible to swim against the current if you're in it. If you're in it, amen? So faster and faster and stronger and stronger, that current flows. And too many Christians have gotten swept up in a current of culture. Hallelujah. When you swim against a current or a cultural current, it means that you're going to act or behave contrary to the majority of others. The Bible tells us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, amen, God's special people, that he's brought us, what, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So we're not meant to go with the flow of culture. We're called to be the light of Jesus to the world, amen, out of the culture and into the kingdom culture. Hallelujah. So we got to check ourselves. Are my beliefs and my opinions coming from a place of biblical truths? Or are my behaviors and my beliefs coming from a place of cultural influence? Hallelujah. The Lord spoke a word to me a few months ago. I was sound asleep, and uh, he does this to me a lot. Like, he'll just wake me out of a deep sleep. And, and he did that this morning, and he just shouted with urgency into my spirit. And he said, don't grow weary, harvest is coming. Don't grow weary, harvest is coming. And that word has revolutionized this season of my life. It may not mean much to you tonight, but with where I had been in my thinking when he spoke it to me, it meant a whole lot. Galatians 6, 9 tells us, let us not grow weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't grow weary, he said, harvest is coming. He showed me a vision of a field and in this field was a plow in the middle of it and was just sitting there left unmanned. Nobody was working it. And he began to share with me that many planters and many sowers have walked away. Laborers have left the plows sitting in the field because they've grown weary. Too hard or they've gotten caught up in the culture. The flow of the culture. So there's lots of fields in the spirit that are being left unmanned, left for dead. And I'm telling you, the spirit of the Lord is saying tonight, Christian, woman of God, don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. The word weary has uh, taken on a completely different meaning for us lately. My husband and I have taken on a remodel project. And uh, man, you talk about weary. So we, we tackled this home and we, we, you know, when you see something like that, you're thinking, oh, we can take care of this. We can get it shined up. Good as new, no time at all. But it became a lot like ministry to us. <laughs> it resembled a ton of what we do in the ministry. So we took it on and I want to speak just for a moment to the ministers if I can. Amen. Raise your hand in this place if you work in ministry in any way, shape, or form. Amen. All right. So I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to everybody too. So with this remodel project, we were dealing with a ton of brokenness, lots of dirtiness, 
and a whole lot of beauty wrapped all in one. We would see the potential, but sometimes we would feel the hopelessness. We're so happy about the progress. We were like, look how far we've come. But sometimes we wanted to curse the responsibility. So when we started this project, we had a plan. We're going to get it shined up, good as new. That is until every time we turned around, there was another obstacle, another hidden piece of damage that was going to cost us physically and cost us financially. And I got to tell you, there was moments that we, we came to where our passion was plummeting and it was getting hard to find because while I was encouraged by what I was seeing, I was discouraged by what I didn't see. Anybody been there before? I know you've never been there, right? So one day we, we had worked about 15 hours and we had scarfed down some dinner and suddenly this overwhelming feeling of weariness just came upon me. And my husband is the kind of guy that can literally like wake up at 3 a.m. and he has, you know, a plan for conquering all of the world's problems. And he's made a list, and this is where we're starting first, you know, and he's talking to me about it. And then he can go to bed at midnight, and he's still talking about, you know, how to solve the world's problems. And I'm just like, mine doesn't work right now. I can't do that, you know. So he was doing that. I was feeling weary. I was feeling overwhelmed. And he's got his phone out, and he's looking at door hardware. It's very fun and interesting. Door hardware, do you want the Georgian or the Camelot, he's saying, you know. And I'm just sitting there. In this moment of just, just overwhelmed with weariness. And I tell him, like, babe, right now I'm not thinking about door hardware. <laughs> and this feeling of weariness just suddenly overwhelmed me. And I could hear myself. It was like almost an out-of-body experience, you know. I could hear myself say, Stony, I'm so tired. I could cry. It sounds stupid, but I literally was there. Have you ever been there? Just weary to the core. And the weariness just kind of made its way from my flesh man to my spirit man. Sometimes that happens when you get tired. And I'm going to be transparent for a moment. Is that all right with you? I refuse to be a fake, amen? Or like Olivia Newton-John said, a fake and a phony, and I wish I never laid eyes on you. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I, one time I got up at church and shared a testimony, and I, I cried the tears, and I gave God the glory for what he had done. And this lady came up to me afterwards. She's like, wow, seems like you're really going through it, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm going to be real. How about that? Amen. So I had some moments during my flesh meltdown where my spirit man became weak. So uh, as Pastor Letty mentioned, my parents are pastors and we now pastor the church, but they're still there. And I thank God that they are. There's a wealth of wisdom there that we are so blessed to have. Amen. And um, so after church this Sunday, me and my husband sat and we just had a heart to heart with the Lord and with my mom and dad, we, which we consider the next closest thing to the Lord. Amen. And uh, I just let it all out. <laughs> Just let it all out. And we talked, and 
I have to be honest. I was in this weariness, this weary place, and I was just questioning, why are we still stuck in this place? We're working, we're plowing, we're, we're, we're plowing the field, but I don't see what I want to see. We're not seeing what the Lord has promised us. The prophets that come through, amen, thus saith the Lord, amen. Sometimes you just want to go, just wait and let me find out. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> no, I believe in prophecy. But you know what I'm talking about. You just, you know. And I, so we were just, you know, I, mainly me. My husband was just being so gracious and listening. And, and I was like, Lord, where's it at? Where's the promises that you have given to us? All that you've spoken to us, the prophecies, the, man, where's it at? I was weary. And after I, I let it all out, the conviction came flooding back in. And I was like, I, but I'm not giving up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not, I'm not going to stop serving God. I'm not quitting ministry. I'm still standing, you know. You know the drill, right? But it's kind of like that story of that rebellious boy. They wanted him to stand up. Come on, stand up, stand up. He didn't want to stand up, but finally he stood up. And this is what he said. I may be standing on the outside, but I'm sitting on the inside. And how many know it can be like that for us as believers? We can say we're standing for Jesus, but on the inside, we're sitting down. Where are you tonight? Weariness comes when we focus on the unknowns. I want to give you three things, okay? Three things that you need to know tonight. See, when, when the going gets tough, you got to stick to what you know. you got to hold fast to what you know. The first thing is... Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Revelation 5.13 says this. I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. He sits on the throne tonight. Hallelujah. Jesus is king. Hallelujah. He still reigns on the throne. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the Oval Office tonight. What matters is who is on the throne of heaven, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the king of kings, and he reigns. He has the final say. Listen to that tonight. He holds it all together. There's no power in hell, amen, that can conquer him. He is the victorious champion tonight. He is not changed. The world has changed, but he is not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You got to know that today. Do you know that he is king? The second thing is that his purpose will prevail. It's what you need to know today. Psalm 33, 11 says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. We don't have to worry about what we see or what we don't see in the natural today. Amen. The weapon will be formed against us, but it shall not prosper. Amen. It shall not prosper. 
Hallelujah. I love to hear, I have a close friend, April in Paris. I think she, she's been here. Um, I love to hear her testimony. The Lord miraculously healed her from cancer. But while she was in the middle of this journey, she searched for God's word. She said, I got to hear from you. She kept going to the doctors and she knew what the doctors were saying. But she said, I've got to hear what he says. Hallelujah. And so she finally heard the spirit of the Lord speak to her. And he said, I have the number of your days. Hallelujah. His purpose prevails. It doesn't matter what the doctors say tonight. You may be facing a diagnosis that is not good. He has the final say. Hallelujah. His purpose will prevail. But you got to know that tonight. As long as you continue to plow, continue to work your field, woman of God, keep on following Jesus, his purpose for your life will prevail. Makes no difference what the haters say. Haters gonna hate, right? Try to steal my game. Doesn't matter what your family says. Sometimes they're the worst, right? Doesn't matter. Hallelujah, I prophesy, my mother-in-law loves me, amen? She will love me. It doesn't matter what the attack of the enemy is on your life. You're not a product of what happens to you. Before you were formed, he knew you. He wrote your story, amen? So that tells me that no demonic force, no attack, no word from anybody that you face in life is going to change your story. His purpose will prevail in your life. Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. As long as you keep on plowing, his purpose will prevail. You got to know it. Let's stick to what we know, right? Third thing that you need to know is that his spirit is still moving on the earth today. Genesis 1 tells us that the earth was void and without form. Maybe today you feel kind of like the description of before creation. Maybe you feel like your life is just emptiness. Maybe you feel like you're not seeing anything formed or taking shape. Kind of like where I was. Mm. The Bible says that it was formless and void. It was emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the spirit of God was moving. It was moving over the face of the waters. Let this word saturate your very being tonight. God is still moving. God is still moving. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Amen. Haggai 2.6, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea, the dry land, and I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. He's still moving today. He's still moving. Those are the three things that I want you to take away tonight. Jesus is king. His purpose will prevail and he's still moving in the earth today. See, when I lose sight of those truths, I'm going to grow weary 
and faint-hearted. I'll get swept up in that current that tells me it's over, it's hopeless, there's nothing for me, but God is greater, amen? God is greater. See, I may not know a lot of things, I may not understand a lot of things, but I gotta stick to what I know. I gotta hold on to the truths of the gospel. Don't let somebody come along and whisper in your ear and say, oh, that was for another time. The word of God is the same today, amen. His word is established in heaven. It's established, it stands forever, amen. Stick to what you know tonight. When I focus on the unknowns, that's when I get overwhelmed. But when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. Unmanned fields, the Lord showed me. Difficult to find labors. Even back in Jesus' time it was. He said the labors are few, right? Harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Why? Because many Christians have gotten caught up in that cultural current and lost sight of the vision and of the call of God, the purpose of God. So this evening, it is possible to go through the motions, but be sitting down on the inside. You may be standing on the outside, but let me ask you tonight, are you sitting on the inside? Hallelujah. A few scriptures for you. Genesis 8:22 says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So keep on plowing, lady. Amen. Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. 1 Kings 19, 19 says, Elijah found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak on him. So Elisha's shift came while he was plowing. Amen. Your breakthrough will come while you're plowing. Amen. Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 126, 5, 6 says, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. David said in Psalm 27, I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Galatians 6, 7, and 8, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever someone sows, that shall he also reap. Amen. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. Proverbs 28, 19, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. What do you want tonight? It's your choice, amen? Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. So we all go through seasons of weariness, but we cannot get dis disoriented in the dry times. We can't get disillusioned in those times of weariness. God's not lost your GPS location, amen? He knows where you are. Um, I went through a season, and, and it kind of came before this whole meltdown that I shared about. I literally felt like I lost my song. 
And I just felt dry, you know, just, I would sit at the piano and I was the description of Genesis 1. I was without form and (laughs) void, (laughs) without song. And for me to be without song is to be without breath. That's what I felt like, just, just suffocating. And, um, I felt like that little boy. I was standing for Jesus, but on the inside I was broken and I was sitting down. And I wondered, Lord, have you forgotten me? We had moved, uh, and I was like, maybe I should have sent a forwarding address to the Lord, you know? Maybe, maybe he doesn't know where I am at this point. And uh, my husband and I started being blessed with um, grandbabies. And they are, they are just amazing. Just amazing. And... Um, so when, when my daughter-in-law got pregnant, the conversation was, well, what do you guys want to be called when these babies come? And so I was like, hmm, you know, let me think. Let me think. What do I want to be called? So we decided that um, it would be Papa and Mimi, Papa and Mimi, and we couldn't wait to hear those names called. Our son had just gotten out of the army, so him and his wife were living with us, and they were in our upstairs. So we had the wonderful joy of sharing the home with our first grandson, John John. And so we, we just ate it up, you know. And so it wasn't long before he started calling for his papa. You would hear him through the halls of the house, Papa! You know, Papa! And oh my gosh, it was just like, oh, yes, yes. He's saying it. He's saying it, you know. Papa, and I would like secretly and inwardly just be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear Mimi. I can't wait to hear it. And it wasn't long before he started calling me something. (laughs) But it wasn't Mimi. Um, So one day, he started calling me Shakek. Yes, you heard it correctly. It was Shakak. And um, he would come into the church, you know, and he would stand at the back and he would like locate me and go, Shakak, you know, and he would just run all the way to the front. And it was so funny because people would just look around and like, who's he, who's he, what is that, what? You know, it was like all, all these questions and I would just be like, don't worry about it, all right? I'm Shakak. <laughs> kind of had an attitude about it. It's like, whatever, okay? I'm Shekek. <laughs> and then, it, like, as time went on, it was like, okay, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like Shaka Khan or something, you know? Like, <laughs> Shekek. And we just became accustomed to it. Like, okay, this is, I guess this is what he's going to call me, right? You call me whatever you want, John John. I'll come running, you know? I even have a video where he, um, there's like this house that kind of looks like the color of our house. It's a white house. And there's this man and woman standing in front of it. And he, and this, this video says, look, mama, it's Papa and Shekek. <laughs> it's so precious, you know. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, even this, you know. <laughs> Nobody knows, right? I didn't know what was going on. So one Sunday morning, we were getting ready to leave for church, and uh, my husband had been working on a message, and 
He comes out of the kitchen, or I'm sorry, he comes out of his office and into the kitchen, and he looks at me with his eyes filled with tears, and he said, do you know what the Hebrew word, the original Hebrew word for worship is? And I said, no, I don't. Shakak. Shakak. Yeah. And right there, the presence of God just rushed in. And I began to weep before the Lord. And it was like suddenly the Lord just opened my heart and he said, you thought it was over. You thought I didn't know. Oh, but I sent you a prophet. And every time he would say, Shakak, he was prophesying into your life. He was saying, worship, worship. I was dry. I didn't know what was going on, but God knew. He knew right where I was. And I want to tell you tonight, he knows right where you are. And he's calling you to worship. Hallelujah. Right where you are. I can hear the spirit of the Lord calling today in this season where you found yourself. He's saying, my daughter, will you worship me in this place? Will you go beyond yourself? Will you go beyond your feelings? Will you go beyond the disappointments? Will you go beyond the loss? Amen. Will you go beyond the frustration? Will you go beyond the struggle? How about beyond the tragedy? Will you push past it and will you worship me? The Bible tells us that he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Will you give me your life and surrender it for the glory of my name? Because I'm taking you somewhere. Never in my life before have I felt so seen by God, as I did that moment, I found out what Shekak meant. He will shift you. He wants to shift us tonight. He wants to break through that rut, that cycle, that place that we have gotten stuck in. Amen. And he wants to let you know, hey, I got you. I know right where you are, but I got something for you. Can you push past what you're seeing in the natural? Can you push past it? and worship me right where you are. Don't get, get disoriented and disillusioned in the dry times. Worship, worship him, plow through it, keep on pressing through it. Do you hear the call to worship this evening? Don't sit down on the call, amen? I'm not talking about what you do in church. I'm talking about the call to worship the call to relationship, the call to go deeper in God. Amen. He's calling us tonight. He wants to shift us like I started from glory to glory, from glory to glory. There's deeper depths in God. Amen. There's higher heights in God. Are you pushing tonight? Are you pressing? Or are you like that little boy? I'm standing for Jesus, but you're sitting down on the inside. You may not understand it all today, but he has not called you to understand it. He's called you to worship. 
to show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So I declare the word of the Lord over you today that what you've been waiting for is closer than you think. Hear that in the spirit tonight. What you are waiting for is closer than you think. And I'm not talking just about material things. I'm not talking about houses and cars. I'm talking about the moanings and the groanings of your heart. Those prayers that you have cried out in desperation. God is listening, amen. He knows where you are. He's not lost your location, amen. Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Your breakthrough is coming, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't grow weary. Harvest is coming. I'm going to sing a song if that's all right. We worship you.
for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.